The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many times we feel paralyzed by fear and body hatred. In order to feel better about ourselves and live the life we really want to manifest, we have to own up to our difficult feelings and self-sabotaging thoughts and behaviors. We all enter this world naked. Now it's time to feel good naked. No matter what your body size or life circumstances, this is Feel Good Naked Radio. And your host is Laura Redmond. On this program, Laura will help you become more embodied, self-empowered, and mindful to take charge of whom you really are and to live the life you deserve to live. Now, here is your host, Laura Redmond. Hi, you are listening to Feel Good Naked Radio. I am your host, Laura Redmond, and I wanted to start today's show with a letter that I received after last week's show. I so appreciate your emails. And I wanted to share this one from Sally in Minnesota who wrote, Dear Feel Good Naked Radio, I want to thank you for your show about body shaming. I had a hard time hearing you during the first few moments of the show, but I'm glad I stayed with it because the sound improved. And here was my big takeaway. My self-speak about my body has been so destructive to my confidence and self-esteem, and I didn't even realize I was doing this until I heard your program. Now that I am aware, I stop and change my thoughts every time they're body negative or self-destructive. I have a teenage daughter who suffers from low self-esteem. I made her listen to your show with me, and when I listened a second time, I was again struck by my own self-realizations. Thank you, Feel Good Naked Radio. I'll be tuning in each week, and so will my daughter, Sally from Minnesota. So I wanted to thank Sally for her note, and I also wanted to encourage anyone listening today to call into the show if you want to add your thoughts and experiences. Feel Good Naked Radio is for you. It's about giving you tools to help you live a more embodied, happy joyful, honest life. And with that, I want to start today's show by opening up the topic of trauma. I am so thrilled and honored to have my guest today, Susan Bennett. She's with us and she wrote the book, The Trauma Toolkit. Susan helps people heal from traumatic events in their body and mind. She is a Kripalu trained yoga teacher She practices shamanic healing as a Reiki master and does past life regressions to facilitate multidimensional healing. Susan teaches at the Oregon College of Oriental Medicine. And I'm really excited you're with us today, Susan. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. You know, one of the things that I really got from your book, which for anyone out there who is dealing with traumatic issues, Susan's book, The Trauma Toolkit, is available at Amazon.com or Audible.com. But one of the things that I really wanted to unpack with you is how trauma can manifest in someone's life without it being catastrophic. I mean, I, I know that we often think of trauma as something that is an emergency situation, whether it's a veteran coming back from war who hears a firecracker and drops to the ground or an illness or something that is really large and obvious. But I wanted you to talk more about trauma from a perspective that might be more common than we know. If you could address that as a starter, that would be great. Yes, that's actually a really good question. Um, I was just talking about this yesterday in my class about how we all have had traumatic experiences and 
it's really hard to get to 50 without having <laughs> at least one major traumatic experience that doesn't necessarily translate into PTSD um, or other overt disorders. And originally, I wasn't going to put PTSD in the title of my book because I wanted it, people to understand that traumatic stress is pervasive, but for purposes of reaching that population, I decided, to, and my publisher decided to do that in the end. Um, you know, we're all walking around with anxiety, and, you know, right now what I tell people is if you're not feeling anxious, there might be something wrong with you <laughs> because <laughs> the world's a pretty stressful place right now. And we have a lot of, uh, you know, we have a lot of business to take care of at our doorstep, as it were. So um, there's this kind of background noise of everyday anxiety, and then um, we all have things that have disrupted our body and mind. And um, in childhood or in adulthood or both, and that um, increases the level of background anxiety um, in our lives. Some of us are aware of our history and what's happened to us. Some of us are not. And what I find for most people is that people have traumatic events in their history, but they, they're, they're kind people and they, they want to think that other people have had it harder than they have. So they don't want to mm -hmm. really... Um, take up space by acknowledging their own anxiety. Oh, that is so helpful to hear from you because I think that one of the ways that we actually get to a place where we are free within ourselves to live the life that we are meant to live is to be given validation for things that are, in fact, classified as traumatic. But because, again, and, and I also want you to define what PTSD means for anyone who doesn't know those letters. But, sure. but again, I think some of the ways that we cheat ourselves from getting to the, the pain that will ultimately set us free is by thinking that trauma is only for a veteran or someone who's been through a catastrophic accident. So please address further that idea that whatever the anxiety or stress is within a person's life could very much be connected to trauma that might be emotional, that might be spiritual, that might be physical, that might be mental, and that that is valid. It is. So PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. And the term uh, was coined in the 1970s um, by people at the VA hospital in, the, in Massachusetts working with uh, traumatized veterans, and because of its original connection with veterans, a lot of people that I meet think that PTSD is something that can only happen to you if you're a soldier or a veteran. Um, that's not true. So post-traumatic stress disorder can um, manifest after any type of traumatic event. And in the latest iteration of our book of diagnoses called the DSM, um, you can also get uh, PTSD from witnessing. So, you know, if you have a child that's going through cancer treatment, for example, um, and you're, you're, you know, you're helpless and you're witnessing this, you know, suffering and um, life-threatening process that your child is going through, that's enough to give you PTSD. And I think previous, a lot of people don't understand that. Um, there's another thing. I think misconception that people have is that, you know, we base our definition of traumatic severity on, we tend to base it on our legal understanding. In other words, you know, top crimes are seen, I think, by the general public as more traumatic than other kinds of events. So, um, you know, a, a severe case of physical abuse for a child would be seen, I think, by the average person as worse than emotional abuse. But emotional abuse can be severe and can create a lot of trauma and dissociation in an individual. Um, so, you know, the average, I think the average person, this, this information really hasn't reached people yet about um, the different kinds of ways that people can experience trauma. And then you add into that the sort of natural defense mechanism we have 
of not really, we don't really acknowledge the severity of what happened to us because I think there's evolutionary survival ability in, in denial. <laughs> you know, like if you're, if you're marching through the blizzard, like you can't fall apart. You know, you, you, you got to keep it together so you can keep marching kind of thing. And I, I think that um, even when we're not in, in the middle of a life-threatening situation, I think it's just an evolutionary bias to not stop and process those events. That is such a helpful point. And we're going to go to commercial, but when we come back from commercial, what I'd like for you to explain to us is the difference between abuse and trauma and or the connection. So we'll be back soon, and I look forward to hearing you give that a, a clear understanding to us. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth reality, and 21st century archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redmond. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. You are listening to Feel Good Naked Radio. I'm your host, Laura Redman. Today we are talking to Susan Bennett about trauma and how we can take away from today's show tools to help with trauma and to relieve the suffering so we can live more joyful lives. When we went to commercial, I asked Susan to come back and explain to us the difference between trauma and abuse And I'd like to open this segment, Susan, with an answer about how you would describe the difference between those two things. Um, Okay. Well, if you think about, um, you know, abuse is a subsection of trauma, traumatic events that can happen in a person's life. So um, really, you know, as a a therapist, I, I don't divide it necessarily into abuse and trauma. I divide it into, like, did it happen during childhood or after childhood? Um, because um, when these traumatic events hit us in childhood, they do change our development and our brain function to a certain degree, which changes our endocrine function, which is our hormones, and a lot of systems in the body get affected. And there's a lot of study going on about that right now. There's a very well-known study that's getting more well-known called the ACEs, A-C-E, Adverse Childhood Event Study, the Average Childhood Event Study um, uh, is between the Centers for Disease Control and Kaiser Permanente. They've got 17,000 people in the study. Um, they looked at not how many things happened to you, but how many kinds of things happened to you. So they have 10 categories of events. What I like about this study is that it's not based in pathology or diagnosis. 
So it's not based in do you have PTSD or not or do you have an anxiety disorder or not. It's based just in did these things happen to you and the things, you know, you can go online and, and look this up at the CDC website um, or acesstudy.org and um, some of the events in, involve abuse, as you mentioned, so physical, physical abuse, emotional abuse or neglect, sexual abuse, some, but some of the things um, don't. Some of the things are having a parent who was incarcerated or having a parent who had a substance abuse problem um, or having a single parent. So um, they, they looked at all these events, there's 10 of them, and they found something astonishing, which is that people who had 9 and 10 events were dying on average 20 years sooner than people with 0 to 1 or 2 events. Wow. Right, because, because trauma is not something that's just happening in our brain. In fact, there is no part of our body that's not connected to our brain. Right? The, like I say in the book, the brain bone is connected to the everything bone. So um, it, this, there's a false sort of separation between brain and body. They're, they're one and the same thing. So anything that happens to us gets translated through the body in some way. Well, one thing that I've always understood that I think is so powerful is that if there are any past events in someone's life, a past event that was traumatic in any way or painful, that that experience is stored in the body and that even though the emotional or physical or spiritual or mental pain may not be in present time, the body is suffering in present time because that event or experience has never been properly released so that it's literally trapped in the nervous system. Yes, if people can't digest their experience, so not everything traumatic is stored in the body-mind. If, if people are able to fully move through their feelings at the time of the event, it gets processed out and it becomes just like any other memory. Like, oh, yeah, this thing happened to me. It wasn't great. Moving on, like, it, there's no charge to it. But the, the bigger the event or the more related the event is to some kind of betrayal, um, which is the work of uh, Dr. Jennifer Freed at University of Oregon has shown, if the event is related to betrayal, like a caregiver betrayal, um, it becomes a much harder event to process, and there's even likely to be amnesia around the children. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, she calls it betrayal trauma. Wow. So, but it, so let me understand what I think you're saying, that if there is betrayal that is associated with an experience, that then is a deeper form of trauma than without the betrayal. That is correct. And our legal system, that is one of the places where our legal system really does not reflect the accurate amount of trauma. In fact, a stranger rape is light, much more likely to get a harsher penalty than, than a rape by somebody who's familiar to us, and which is exactly backwards from the amount of trauma that's caused. Well, and this brings up a conversation that I had in a group workshop a few weeks ago about how the abuser, if, if the abuser, uh, addressing your idea there about sexual abuse, is someone that you know, which it often and commonly and statistically is, somehow that person becomes protected in that family or in that congregation or in that school. That abuser is then protected. And, and when you really think about the idea of trauma and the denial that goes with that, you can understand why the deceit would be a greater sense of horror and abuse and trauma than if the person were outed and treated as they should be for the abuse they've caused and the suffering they've created. Yeah, because what we know from children is that if children are um, afforded, um, if they're perpetrators, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It could be sexual, it could be physical, it could even be emotional abuse. If the perpetrators are identified and separated from the child and there's justice brought to that person and the child gets an opportunity for good healing work, <coughs> pardon me, they heal up. They heal up just fine. Yeah. But, um, if they, but if they don't, you know, 
um, I, I don't often expose this, but I will today. I was mentally traumatized by my stepfather during my primal primal developmental years, and I never was validated in that experience by the surrounding family members that were with me. So it was just buried as if it had never happened. Right. And it wasn't until my mother died and he was out of my life that I was given any sort of support therapy or, um, you know, some kind of kind and constructive means to deal with it. And, and even today, as we all know with trauma, I, I work with the damage it created and caused in me. But the worst part of it, for sure, was the denial and the way that it was not activated, treated, or outed during the time that it was happening. Right. So then we get these, and I want to say I'm very sorry that you had to live with that because that's a horrible thing to have to live with. Um, but we get these, that's what we see, you know, as a, as a treater, what I see is it, there's, you know, there's the original insult or series of insults traumas that, that somebody's been through, but then usually it's layered up with a lot more traumas on top of it. So, right, so then there is an abandonment trauma and a betrayal trauma of not being believed or helped, right? And then, you know, and, th- and those circles get wider. So people in your immediate family didn't help you. Your school didn't really catch what was happening to you and intervene. And the community probably... You know, if we looked at your relationships around that time, people didn't really know maybe what was going on. So the circle sort of widens out of more and more trauma. That's why organizations like Red Cross and other organizations that respond to collective traumas are so very important because, you know, we can have something horrible happen. I worked on the perfect storm in Boston, actually, um, many years ago where there was this big, there was a movie, there was a big buildup of winds and tides and, and storm happening and it washed a lot of houses off their foundation on the south shore of Boston and um, I went down there to help out and you know people were upset and, and anxious and traumatized they lost a lot of things but you know they were being responded to with such kindness and also I was part of a contingent that was set, sent down by the Department of Mental Health in Massachusetts so they, they were being taken care of on every level they needed to be taken which was physical, medical, and um, psychological, emotional. So, so those people, you know, actually did fairly well. But then if you go to Katrina, where people's needs weren't met, their emotional needs weren't met, in fact, they were further traumatized, they, their physical needs weren't met, um, there was a perception that their government had abandoned them, that there was racism involved, that there was, you know, it, it was... Um, you know, then you had these sort of layers of trauma that just kept piling up and up and up in people, and it might take it might take years to kind of strip that. It's like an onion all, that you've got to go through all the layers then to unwind all the traumas that happened around the original trauma. So then, would that be another way to define PTSD? That when those traumas build on top of traumas, that then is what creates that PTSD syndrome because it's never dealt with at the initial onset of the trauma? It can. I, I like the Chinese medicine definition of trauma because they think people can re- really relate to it, and I know I did, which is they, they consider um, trauma a, di- a digestive disorder, which is interesting, but if you think about it, it's an, it's an experience that's so big and overwhelming that you can't digest it. You can't metabolize it. Mm. Um, so it kind of just sits there in your system causing problems for years. And I describe in my book, um, my friend Michael Berlitich, you know, has this description of what that looks like in Chinese medicine. But it sure feels like that, you know, the bigger event that we, even if we have a bad breakup or something, it can take a while. It can take months to years to kind of work that all out of our system and be ready and open for a new relationship. And that's true with any major traumatic event. Well, and I think that goes back to what we were saying a moment ago about how the body, and I do love that Chinese way of thinking about it, because the body is the vessel that's holding on to the experiences that if they were traumatic, and they have the element of trauma, the body is going to hold that until it is released or therapeutically helped 
and worked out so that then I would think the Chinese medicine idea would be that the belly and the body softens or, or what would be the relief you would get from having worked through the trauma and managed it. Right. And then there's mitigating factors like um, in Chinese medicine, earth energy is, is like the mothering energy. So if you're earth deficient or you didn't get a lot of nurturing when you were a young child and you didn't re- feel really held and cared for and nurtured as a child, then you have less resilience to things that happen to you um, in your childhood or later in life because you don't have that store of earth to draw on, kind of contain and, and help digest that Oh, that is so true. And so one of the things I'd love to ask for your help with when we come back from break is giving all of us tools that we can apply to our lives, take away that we can actually grab onto in those moments where our trauma is bigger than the moment and taking away from our joyful lives. So when we come back, I look forward to hearing some tools that can help us transcend the trauma into art. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redmond. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. You're listening to Feel Good Naked Radio, and I'm your host, Laura Redmond, and I'm very happy to have today on the show Susan Bannett, the author of the Trauma Toolkit, helping us all understand how to work with trauma and to ultimately find a way to transfer the trauma into some sort of a constructive way to be in our lives with a fuller capacity for joy. And one of the questions I was asking before break was tools that can really give us that sense of transcendence. And I was recently inspired rereading Frida Kahlo, the artist Frida Kahlo's story. It's it's a remarkable story, and it is phenomenal trauma. I mean, she went through polio as a child. She ended up in an awful, awful crash, bus crash that pretty much made her uh, someone who was confined to a bed. Uh, but then she she created from that place the most incredible art. And and so when I was thinking about transcending trauma, I thought of Frida Kahlo, and I look forward to hearing, Susan, what you would give us all as sort of tips that could give us more of that 
optimistic, proactive approach to living with the trauma that we individually suffer with? Yes, well, I do want to offer the possibility of healing fully from trauma. Uh, There's a lot of information floating around the Internet and in therapist offices. Um, Some therapists are saying things like, you can't ever really heal from trauma. And I I don't agree with that because um, I actually have a fairly severe trauma history myself. And... um, You know, it's taken a great deal of time and effort on my part, but healing has happened. And, um, you know, we're living 70, 80, 90 years now. Uh, You know, so if we take 20 years to heal our traumas, which sounds like a long time, it's really really not that long a time. Um, Because once that healing is accomplished, then you are living your life uh, trauma-free from that point forward. Plus, once we've healed from traumas, we're just a lot more resilient in general um, for things. We can also be sensitive in other ways, but, um, but I find that people who really face the worst and have come through it uh, tend to be very strong people emotionally. Um, there are, I mean, this is why I wrote the book, is there are so many different ways to heal trauma, and the book is, is, addresses this multidimensional um, idea of the human being when when we go to therapy and um, you know having a great trauma therapist is such a boon and so helpful. Most therapists are not trained yet to be trauma therapists. So I want your listeners to really understand that that um, there's a lot of things that your average therapist does not know yet about healing people with with trauma and especially severe trauma. So, but there, it is a subspecialty, and there are therapists out there who have a lot of training. So that's something to look for, um, you know, as sort of a base to come from. And then uh, the thing is, though, that therapy at best deals with the level of the cognitive thinking mind and the body to a degree. So if you're on psychiatric medication, you're getting your body's needs addressed. But there's other dimensions to the human being. One is the energy body, the the place of uh, prana, or if you're a yogini, or or chi, if you're into Chinese medicine. And there's obstructions that can set up in the flow of prana, depending upon um, what kind of trauma you've had. Um, There's also um, our intuitive self or our intuitive mind that um, can be very powerful ally in helping us heal from trauma. When people have big spiritual experiences, they can just take a big chunk of trauma away just in knowing that there is a sense of divine connection or love or meaning in life for people that can help um, be a healing agent in and of itself. Or I even have a chapter on ecstatic experiences, um, experiences that really take us out of ourselves into a place of joy and bliss and peace one of the examples I give is swimming with dolphins <laughs> who are their masters of joy and ecstasy themselves. Mm. And being around them is extremely healing for people. Because a lot of, um, when we're in the midst of our, our you know, extreme stress or trauma in our life, we forget our connection to joy or we forget our connection to ecstasy. And, you know, as you know, dance can be a powerful way of reconnecting people as well. So if we're talking about the senses, whether it's visual or, um, for example, when you said swimming with dolphins, my thought was if you aren't able to get to a place where you can actually experience that, even taking a picture of a dolphin, a image of a dolphin and putting it up on the wall um, above where you sleep, in the morning when you look in the bathroom mirror, put it on the mirror, something that gives you that sense of calm or relaxation or serenity that can actually be accessed through the senses. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I had a client, a client that I wrote about in the book who had so much trauma, we couldn't really do regular therapy because everything we talked about was um, triggering for her. So she ended up for three years pretty much just talking to me about spiritual philosophy. And she Mm. did 
she did something along the lines of what you're saying, um, where she would go copy down mantras and she'd uh, draw pictures and cut things out of magazines and put them up on her walls. And she, she made a, an altar for um, all these sort of sacred, special images um, that helped her feel better and anchored into goodness in her life. Um, we don't... I think there's a misconception that if we have trauma or stress that we need to dive more and more into it. At some point, you will be pulled into it for healing. You will be. But um, in the meantime, we don't have to live there all the time. <laughs> you know, It's really beneficial to surround ourselves with objects of beauty and inspiration. Well, in a way, we're saying that, I mean, what I just felt very deeply when you said that is there's... The denying the trauma, ignoring the trauma, or being shameful about the trauma, outing the trauma is number one. You have to you have to face it, experience it, acknowledge it, and get help for it. And then, whether it is the 20 years you alluded to or less time, you release it. You get rid of it. You are free from it. But you can't really get to that until you do the first step of that which is acknowledging and addressing. Right. And the thing I want to say about that is that, um, you know, it really depends what's happened to you. You know, you know, if you're in a car accident in your 20s, chances are, you know, and that's pretty much the only trauma you've ever experienced. It can be significant, clearly, especially if there's a death or an injury involved. Um, but people heal from those events relatively quickly. Um, if it's a severe case of... Um, being treated poorly while you were growing up by somebody close to you, then um, a lot of times we won't really be ready to process that material till we're older. And uh, the people, young people that I commonly see that might be suicidal or need hospitalizations are people that um, have encountered that material too soon in a way or they couldn't protect themselves from that knowledge. But the most people that I work with when people are ready to finally heal up the wrongs that were done to them as children are usually in their late 30s and 40s is when people are ready because they've, they've established a life, um, they've grown an adult ego, they have a container for the work, they have enough money to do therapy <laughs> or yeah. they have insurance, right? So there's this kind of readiness that I see common, commonly in people, um, and in the meantime, taking care of ourselves. You know, I, I've come to... There's a disorder called Generalized Anxiety Disorder, GAD. And a lot of us have it. A lot of us have had it or, or, or have it. A lot of women seem to have it. Um, and, I, I, you know, these days I'm thinking about GAD as almost a prodromal phase of PTSD. Like when people have uh, what my teacher used to call bumps under the rug or hidden things that they haven't quite dealt with yet it kind of rattles around in the body-mind as anxiety. Um, and, of course, there's many causes for anxiety. So I'm not saying if you have anxiety, you have, you know, you have something. You may or may not, because there's lots of reasons people get anxious. But um, there's, there's deeper levels of healing. And, unfortunately, I think there's been this message the last few years by insurance companies and certain mental health professionals that the way to deal with these things is to just get the right medication on board. Um, and medication, I, medications can be extremely helpful. Don't get me wrong. I'm not anti-medication. But my goal for my clients is to heal and not need medication anymore. So, um, Susan, we, we have to go to break real quick, sure. but I'm so glad you brought up the medication versus healing without medication. And, again, we'll, we're, we're going to come back and talk more about that because that's a real helpful takeaway. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events 
to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Laura Redmond. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to feelgoodnakedradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, you're listening to Feel Good Naked Radio, and I'm your host, Laura Redman, and today we're talking with Susan Bennett, the author of the Trauma Toolkit. We are unpacking trauma and hopefully giving you helpful tools to take away with you today that are really wonderful ways to manage either the trauma or the anxiety or the stress that is part of your body and your mind and your spirit. And we're here to try to help you get rid of that so you can live a more joyful embodied life. When we went to break, Susan was talking about anxiety and how most of us suffer from anxiety. I think it's nearly impossible not to. Um, Even just with this political campaign alone, it's a highly triggered time. So we want to make sure to give everyone, Susan, a couple more tips. We just talked about the senses, putting something up visually that relaxes you and makes you feel calmer and more serene. And I'd love for you to add a few more items into our toolkit, um, certainly with managing anxiety and on a deeper level, trauma. Yeah, so I would say um, two, two very different things. Um, one is starting to take some control back over your own mind. Uh, when I went through my PTSD years in my 40s, I was very lucky in that I had already been meditating for 15 years at that point. So I was very able to, you know, stuff would wash over me. I was very able to sit down and stay in the present and be with it. When people um, have not, don't have that level of control over their mind, they often can get really pulled back, pulled under the big waves of um, flashbacks and um, traumatic memories. So... You know, one of the first things I might do with a new client is give them some just some basic mind-strengthening exercises. The mind is a muscle. I, I do hear a lot of complaints like, I can't meditate. Don't ask me to meditate because I can't do it. My mind's a monkey mind. And what I want to say to people is everybody can meditate. Everybody does meditate already. You just don't realize it. Um, and it's not, we're not, you know, I wouldn't say I can't go hiking because I don't want to climb Mount Everest. I can go for a day hike on a very, you know, nice little path and not ever think I'm going to climb Mount Everest. So you don't have to think you're going to get to the the highest pinnacle of samadhi, right, Um, Indian meditation by just focusing in your mind. But the act of focusing the mind is very powerful and study after study is showing that there's so much benefit in these practices for healing PTSD and traumatic stress. So I'd say, you know, Pick something. The very first book I got was How to Meditate, and I just I picked an exercise, and the exercise was just holding a shell or a rock in my hand and looking at it for one yeah. to three minutes. Well, I that think... we might do anyway in a store, for example. You know, window shopping is a form of meditation. Oh, <laughs> I, I think the word meditation is largely intimidating, and I am a avid meditator, a daily meditator, and what I've learned to to say to people who are trying to find their way to meditation or start a practice is to 
reframe the word as relaxation because yeah. I think relaxation is user-friendly and I think meditation is intimidating. So in terms well, of relax... Relaxation is good, but what I'm actually talking about is more concentration. Um, which, I th- which I think when you relax with intention, in order to do that, you almost have to focus. You, you have to breathe deeply. You have to slow down. And a lot of times you have to just scan the body in order to experience relaxation through breath. But, yeah. but please add to that what you were saying, because I do think it's a complex matrix for people, and I want to make it simple. The idea of meditation, focused breath, and calming down the nervous system. Exactly. And so in, in my book, and, and especially if you get the audible.com version, um, I taped it myself, and I have background music, so there's these meditations in there that you can listen to. And um, especially like a progressive relaxation you might do at the end of a yoga class that calm down the nervous system, lower what I call lower the anxiety basement, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so wherever your baseline is, we can make that lower by a regular practice of, med- of relaxation meditation. But the other thing is just um, learning how to hold your mind still where you want it so that you, when you start the deeper healing work, you don't get sucked out to sea, as it were. Um, And, you know, starting really slowly with that um, or with a qualified teacher can be very, very beneficial for people. And I'm going to be doing a whole show on this um, so that others, anyone listening who wants to get into the world of meditation, that will be a future show on Feel Good Naked Radio um, that I want to devote the whole show to because I think it's that important and powerful. And again, it's a tool that you can access immediately anytime and it is a lifesaver um, but but give us one more as a toolkit item that we can use for managing trauma what 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 would be something else that we could add to the kit we've got the visual calming um, whatever is that place you go whether it's with dolphins or whether it's the ocean putting up a photograph an image of that place person or thing We've got the idea of meditative breathing. What else would you add to the takeaway for the toolkit? Well, you know, there's something that I, I didn't, there's, a, there's something I didn't put in the book that I would put in, a couple things that I would put in now. Um, uh, and one, and this is being studied more and more, is just connection. Is mm-hmm. finding ways to be connected to your fellow human beings. Um, which for people, if you have extensive childhood trauma, that's a very challenging task because usually people have um, fears and they have social anxiety and they have um, a lot of trust issues. Uh, but there's a lot of ways to, to get connected and I, I feel like there's a sort of pervasive baseline disconnectedness that a lot of Americans feel and have in their lives. And study after study is showing that connection provides so much of a buffer between um, our suffering and our traumas um, and spinning off into things like uh, substance abuse or depression and anxiety, that um, the antidote for a lot of that is finding ways to be connected, whether it's through uh, a dance class or uh, a choir or a weaving group or a book study. (laughs) You know, it doesn't have to be something where you even necessarily are that intimately connected to people and feel like you have to disclose everything, but just being connected to people. Um, in the last few years, I've been doing a lot of improvisational comedy, and uh, I knew that, that just the exercises of comedy themselves are really beneficial and healing, actually, for people with trauma. They really help neurodevelopment. But... I didn't, you know, I didn't anticipate how great the community of comedians was going to be. And it's just been amazing to, you know, walk into a group and meet these wonderful, accepting, non-judgmental people. So wherever you can find that kind of connection, um, we are social animals, human beings. I think it's been a misconception that we need to go off into a cave or do some sort of technique in our bedroom by ourselves. But I would say that most people do a lot of their healing in connection with people who care about them. Well, we're, prog- we, we, we're programmed for connection. And so 
um, you bring up a great point, which is why I'm a huge believer in community. Why I agreed to do this radio show is also to create a radio community where there's great information that can be shared and passed along to people who feel alone and now can have the sense that they're not alone. And then physically getting out into your neighborhoods or your city and meeting people you know, skin to skin, flesh to flesh, human being to human being, no phones, but just really being with people in a shared environment is incredibly powerful. And it's also why I teach the class I teach three times a week, because it is a community and we all show up and the rest happens just by showing up. So many miracles happen. So before we go, I want to thank you so much for these great tools. I want to review with everybody that um, we're talking about putting up something visually in your home that calms you down. Thinking about a meditation practice, or I'll call it a relaxation-focused practice, joining in with some sort of a communal outing that gives you the feeling of other. And I'm going to add one more to our toolkit, if I may, and I, I wanted your thoughts quickly about this, is to create, find an essential oil that relaxes your your body by smelling it. So for me, that would be peppermint. And I put a little bit of peppermint oil underneath my nose even before I go to sleep at night. I find it so relaxing. Um, and I know in your book you talk about the importance of smell. So yay to that too. Yes, can we put that yeah. in the, the toolkit? Balsam fur was shown to reduce cortisol levels by 40%. Yeah, yeah. The smell sense is such a beautiful way to calm down and relax. Um, and I want to thank you, Susan. I want to thank all of you listeners for being with us today. And just please remember until next time, you complete you. Thank you for listening to Feel Good Naked Radio with Lar Redmond. Please join us again live next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, be you and feel great in your own skin. <laughs>